You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Look at Mitch, he's here too. Mitch is live from a Panera, I think. What's going on, man? And he's on mute too. I'm going to move you backstage now, Mitch. What's going on, everybody? Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel. Money Mitch, as you can see, Joel L. Conyon, and Dennis Dick. Man, we got a lot of headlines today. Uh, we're definitely going to talk about how the stock market did in May. Uh, spoiler alert, we basically ended up where we started. Um, but we got a lot of individual news. We got some earnings. We got some guidance. We got three different guidance headlines today. Delta Airlines just came out with some guidance like 15 minutes ago. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about tech stocks with our guest, Sean Udall, the tech stock strategist at 8.35. Uh, we'll do questions from the chat in ticker time after that. And uh, that's it. So smash that like button, everyone, and let's get this show. Wait, Mitch says, oh, never mind. Mitch says, throw, throw me in the back. Already done, Mitch. Let's smash that like button, everyone, and let's get the show started. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Morning, good morning. Let's bring Joel on. Let's bring Dennis on. Let's bring Joel's charts on. Joel, recap the overnight session for us, please. Yeah, a little dip uh, near the close. Uh, CRM, little dip, and then the rip in the CRM and the rip in the S and P's. Uh, pre market high fifty six seventy five. Pre market low twenty five seventy five. Just kind of hanging out here in the forty one forty handle. Uh, crude. Uh, up 88 cents at 115.55. Almost got to 120 yesterday. Uh, gold, gold's down 1710 at 1831.30. Uh, silver, right between 21 and 22, down 15 cents at 21.54. Bitcoin holding on to yesterday's gains. That's uh, down 30 cents at 31.620. And let's call Ethereum futures just flat here in 1939. So, we won't talk sports because we want to keep Dennis um, in a yeah, good mood. No sports talk. No, no sports talk. But, uh, you know, I wish the market would have moved in May. You know, I mean, it was really, it really wasn't much of, much of a month, was it, Spencer? I very, mean, very slow. Yeah. Very no, slow no. It, so, I, the, I mean, the NASDAQ did close down 2.1%. So th that that is notable. Okay. Okay. But the SP 500. Uh, was basically unchanged. It was up 0.1%. The Russell yeah. 2000 yeah. was down 0.003%. We had a scratch month. Okay. So wow. so it was basically a flat month for the S&P and the Russell. That's not to say we didn't have movement because, of course, we did. We, we uh, If you think all the way back to like a week and a half ago where we officially entered into a bear market in the S&P, but uh, a lot can change in a week and a half. Um, and we ended up basically where we started. 
Um, as far as individual sectors, you, you guys know uh, what was the winner last month. It was energy. Energy. Course. Energy uh, up 16% in May. That's the XLE. Um, biggest loser was <laughs> discretionary and real estate, both down 5% in the month. Um, energy was the outlier by, by, by a mile, frankly. There was nothing even... Nothing. The, the second best performing sector last month was utilities, which was up four percent, and energy was up sixteen percent. So energy just blew away the rest of the field last month. Um, and yeah, that's kind of the story of the month. We ended up back where we started. Well, then that just makes uh, you know the close from Friday pretty important. Uh, Fifty-seven seventy-five, and you know our close was a little bit lower uh, yesterday. But I, I tend to, you know, end of the month close is important. Friday closes are important to me. Uh, but, uh, I mean, I think overall, I mean, considering when we were at 3,800, we're yeah. looking into the abyss there, uh, for the market to come back and we held in there yesterday. So it's too it's kind early. Of a win. Yeah. I, I agree with you, Dennis. I kind agree of a with win you for the market because it could have been a lot uglier if the market would have ended May 20th. It would have been like, oh my gosh, it would have been <laughs> yeah. a pretty ugly month, but. Uh, twenty. I mean, we're still there. I think that's still the resistance point. We kissed it in the overnight session when everybody was on holiday. I still think that's your resistance point in SPY. So I see like 50, 60 points of potential upside, and I don't know where they pull the rug. So that's why risk-reward doesn't set up that well from here, at least from the long side. Uh, I mean, the trend in the, of weakness in tech did continue because the NASDAQ just had its second down month in a row. Um, so, and uh, again, that NASDAQ 100 down 2%. So that, that trend is still clear. Um, everything else though was basically flat. I, I like this comment from Akchaz on the chat flat for investors, a dream come true for traders. Um, if it like- was a good month for trading, I got my stats too, which I can now track because I've, I never have been able to track that before. Um, my trading month was, this is the day trading, not the long-term investment account. The long-term investment account moves along. I didn't look at the stats for that yet, but it moves along pretty much with S&P because I have so many stocks. But the day trading overnight account for May, mine was up 8.71%. So it was a pretty good month again for trading. So, which uh, I think last month was over nine. So a little lighter than last month, but still decent month for trading. That's showing you the volatility of the chop. That does a lot of fading. It does a lot of different stuff, uh, strategies that we talk about, mostly relationship-based. That's like a relationship-based trading, you know, statistical arbitrage account. Which is obviously, you know, my bread and butter. So eight point seven one percent, not a bad month. Here. I mean, eight point seven percent a month, uh, a year, frankly, isn't bad. Yeah, but eight percent. Well, I'm four- working that money. If I'm only making eight point seven percent a year, I'm going to be in trouble. I ain't going to pay the bills because <laughs> I'm working that money to pay the bills. Yeah, I, I, so, yeah. I got you. But eight percent, eight percent a month is uh is very good, all things considered. So yeah, I performed uh, all the indexes. A lot of work goes into that 8.71%. Yeah. It's definitely not passive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. Siri just interrupted our show. Sorry. Um, okay. Sorry, oh my God, Siri, stop talking to me. <laughs> Why is Siri talking to you? I don't know. She's talking to me. I don't know what she's saying. Uh, go away. Um, okay. Where should we start? You want to start with the Delta uh, guidance that we – I know I'm going to go a little bit off, off topic here but or off the order of the side, but we just got Delta Airlines guidance literally yeah. like at 7.45 this morning, just out completely out of the blue. Uh, so maybe let's start with that. Um, they raised their total revenue guidance for the current quarter. Um, they didn't even raise it by that much. They raised it by a couple percentage points. Um, but – uh, basically, the total revenue for the June quarter, they it, it was now they see it in a range of twelve point four to twelve point five billion dollars, uh, which is up like like four percentage points from the from the prior uh, guidance number. So it was a slight guidance raise, um, and they said they see thirteen to fourteen percent operating margin increase. Uh, for the June quarter and free cash flow of $1.5 billion. These are all slight, slight raises from what they said a month ago in their earnings report. Anyway, how's the stock doing? Charles saved me on that. He shouted it out when that press release hit, I think around 7. Well, we can grab the exact time of it. You can see it got dropped in the pro general corporate statement at 7.45.59. Um, obviously, we we summarized it there at the Benzinga Pro nicely a couple minutes later because somebody's actually got to read it. But Charles shouted it out right away on the squawk. So thank you, Charles. I was actually short 
Delta Airlines into that drop. I covered some of 42, some of 42.20. I still have a little piece, but I hedged it. So I grabbed another airline against it. So um, so I'm paired off now, um, So which is good news because obviously that thing blasted off fairly quickly. So um, yeah, so it shows you, you know, sometimes uh, you can not only, you know, does Charles sometimes make us money, sometimes saves us money. So save me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and, and that right there is why we have the squawk in the first place because we mm. we don't expect you, and you can't be expected to be staring at your Benzinger Pro all the damn time. There's no. others, there's other things to look at. There's your actual... I wouldn't have noticed if you wouldn't have shouted it out. Right. There, there's your actual brokerage account. There's your charts. There's whatever it is you're doing, right? There's Twitter. So the, the squawk exists so you don't have to have your eyes on the pro at all times. So big shout out to Charles. Uh, thank you, Charles. Uh, thank you, Charles. Uh, one interesting thing about uh, the airlines yesterday in Delta, uh, you, you know, you take note. There was bad news, you know, over the weekend as far as all the cancellations, weather, you know, whatever, staff shortages. Uh, but that ended up opening up at the low of the session. 4070 opened down a buck and a half, only went 13 cents lower. So still had a down day. Uh, but but rallied and actually exceeded Friday uh, Friday's high. So you're opening right into that area. They got a little excited. They took it up to 43. I, I don't really have anything on the dailies there. Maybe you got some paper stacked up at 43. Uh, there's nothing on the dailies until 43.74. But opening right into the previous day's high. Let's see if it holds. In challenges forty three, Dennis. I don't know. Can you see if there's any paper up there or anything, or too far away? I didn't even look. Okay, don't worry about it. Um, so I just want to say, like, and this is a good lesson here. You know, what do you do when you're, you know, on the wrong side of news? What do you do? And like in this case, there's no hesitation for me whatsoever. I mean, as long as you're trusting Charles that he read it right, because I have an open <laughs> corporate statement. But he shouts out that they're raising guidance. I don't hesitate. I lift whatever offer i can lift like it's not like oh i'm gonna bid it up and maybe somebody's gonna hit me you know what you've always no, talked at a very young me. age they don't they don't hit bids you know when the stock's going up so you just take whatever's there and try to save yourself money you know you don't worry about losing money i lost money on that trade but you can't worry about that you're on the wrong side of news you're on the wrong side of the news and i mean it's not up that much but you know again you know it's hard to tell how they're going to react to some of these things typically when they say you know a raise guidance and you know it wasn't much of a raise the algos are gonna lift offers yeah right? well they're gonna lift off yeah but the algos aren't that fast joe I'm, I'm i was a human being and i was you know one of the first like if you go back and look at the tape i'm like 42 i don't know you can't i can't see that far do you think it's because the algos have to see it in print where you're yeah i think so yeah i'm not yeah. listening to charles Ooh, we shouldn't oh, be we oh, should oh, we, we shouldn't not. Yeah, the algos can't hear. Can't hear. Well, they can um, probably. They can probably. It's probably some sophisticated. Oh, uh, now we're giving too, them but... ideas. Now we're giving the oh, algos man, ideas. Oh man, we're giving them those algos. Okay, stop listening, uh, <laughs> alg- algorithmic high frequency traders. We're giving you more ideas. Turn off your ears, robot. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you got to lift some AAL right off center, correct? Yeah, I, I so so what I do in that situation when I'm on the wrong side of news is I'm scrambling first. Can I get out of the position like quickly? You know, is there an offer to lift? Sometimes pre market there's nothing there, so then I'd have to naturally go to a hedge. But there was a little bit of 42, and then the next offer I got some there, and then I'm like 42.20. So I'm like, okay, boom, I got some there. Still wasn't enough for me to hedge. Um, so then I went to AAL, and I actually was able to pick up AAL. I'm doing all this all in like a matter of about five seconds. Um, I went to AAL and I was able to lift some of 1790. So then I got myself hedged. I'm already out of the hedge on AAL, and then I and I lifted another airline as well, which I've still got a little piece of that. So so I'm hedged off now. But I mean, that's what you got to do. It's damage control. I probably make money consistently, not because I'm very good at you know picking my winners. It's I'm very good at damage control. When I'm on the wrong side of something. I'm quick to get out. I'm like, okay, I'm wrong. There's news on this. Okay, I don't know what's happening here. This is up for interpretation. Uh, I don't want to be part of it. You know, all of those things save you money as a day trader. As a long-term investor, completely different story. But as a day trader, it's all about damage control. And you will not be successful in the long run if you're unwilling to cut losers. It's 100%. People ask me why it's successful. It's 100% discipline. Because if you're holding on saying, well, I can't take a loser, you will eventually have a portfolio of losers. You will not. I can almost guarantee, if you are unwilling to take losers, I can almost guarantee you will not be successful in this business. There's no guarantees in life, 
but that's a pretty darn close one. Have to be able to well quickly admit when you're wrong. I first identify when you're wrong, then second react. Like I mean, quick. You know, to get out. You know, when you're on the wrong side of news or you know on the wrong side of the trade, and so minimize your damage as much as you can. If if you're on the wrong side of the trade, there's gonna be damage. Minimize it. Minimize it as best you can. You know, there's sometimes you know there's not much you can do in the pre market, especially if it's not an offer for your stock. So it's important not to panic either. But you've got to kind of have an idea of what something's worth. And something raises guidance. I'm feeling like if I'm buying it up one percent, it's probably you know it's probably going to go up more than one percent. In this case, it's not much in Delta, but it could have been easily a big guidance raise. And the stock could be up three, four, five percent on me. I didn't know at the time. Charles so shouting out raises guidance. I'm like, I'm out of here. So that's the biggest thing. As you as a trader, a day trader or short-term trader, minimize damage. That's how you'll be successful. Dennis, people don't – there's run. no losers. No. no you well, I know. That's why they do no, all There's no wrong. losers on Twitter. I mean, just, <laughs> you can't take a losing trade. Well, the other thing, too, that you know that I you know talk to you about over is like when you have a trade. Let's say you know maybe you could have shorted more delta and had it come in or whatever. The stress of of that trade, you're done. You're done with it. You're out. You're you know you're moving on to the next trade. Not everyone does the volume of trades that you do, but just psychologically. Well, hey, you know whatever. I got caught. There was news. I'm out. I'm flat. Now next trade. You know what's going on? That's it. That, Move on. You know, there's going to be damage, you know, when you've got, I had a light night last night, but I had maybe like 45 overnight positions. You're going to get hit. You're going to get hit with news on the wrong side almost every day when you have that many positions. And you guys don't have to do that. But even if you have one overnight position, the odd day you're going to come in just by random bad luck. You know, Delta wasn't scheduled to report guidance. That's random. No. So, you know, you could randomly be, I try to avoid news that's scheduled because I don't want the coin flip. But in some cases... You know, there's nothing you can do. You're just on the wrong side of it. There's news, and you know you've got to just react and and do the best you can. Um. All right, we got a lot of, of individual movers here, so I want to go back to the uh, the rundown and and go to Salesforce because this is your big mover. This was the, kind of the big headline for sure yesterday after hours and uh, until this morning when we got you know a bunch of random guys and there is more guidance. We'll get to that later. But yeah. I want to do I want to do Salesforce here. Our earnings per share a beat for the Q1 98 cents versus 94 cents on the estimate sales. versus $7.38 billion. Their Q2 EPS guidance came in light. Their Q2 sales guidance came in light. Their fiscal year EPS guidance came in above estimates. Their fiscal year sales guidance came in uh, light. So most of the guidance there was light. Their earnings were good. Most of that, they gave three guidance numbers. I'm sorry, four guidance numbers, and three of them came below estimates. So, Wow. Stock uh, was beat up into, and in the setup here, and then I'll let you do the technicals, Joel. Sure. I mean, the setup, this was a low, low bar because not only had it not really recovered much in the recent rally, it got smacked yesterday with the growth sell-off. And yesterday we did have a growth sell-off. Growth massively underperformed. You can see stock opened strong yesterday, closed very weak. So expectations were very low here for CRM. So first set that, you know, bar. And you know that bar is very low. So when then when they come out, and it's okay. Like Spencer is saying, you know, this wasn't, you know, a, a blow it all away quarter, but it wasn't a miss. You know, 98 versus 94, a beat slightly on the top, slightly on the bottom. And the guidance was actually a little bit light, but, you know, they were looking further out and they're saying, well, they, they did too. They did the Q2 guidance, which was a little light, but then they did the fiscal year 23, and that was a little bit, you know, um, 474 to 476 versus 465. So that was a little bit better. It was kind of smart by Benioff to do that. Okay, well, we're going to be light next quarter, but let's give them a little better guidance so they don't just hammer a stock on light guidance because he knows these news algos will just hammer when they see guidance miss. So, I mean, the quarter wasn't great, but it was good enough. And that's why you're seeing the stock rally fairly significantly this morning, 8%. So we'll throw it to Joel on the levels. Yeah, uh, boy, if you were just keeping an eye on the lows of the move, 54.55, 54.73. Uh, that's where the 54.64, triple bottom down there. So if you were just like, you know, like, okay, I, I'm just going to I'm just gonna go out there at 54.64 and see what happens, you got a good fill. You were uh, you weren't too happy. Wow, monster volume! Holy mackerel! Three point oh, yeah. six million shares traded when it yeah, was traded like down famous. to one fifty four. Yep. Um, also, I'll just say, I mean, it was kind of a mixed market yesterday. We did have a soft near the close because of the end of the month. But you know what? Like the market environment is just a little bit better right now, right? We're off the lows uh, of the move. Yep. 
people are looking like growth is coming back. It's a little bit, oh, did I miss the low in the S&P? Did I miss the low in the Apple? I'm not long yet. Well, maybe I can pick up this at the low of the move and, and see what happens. And I think just the market environment. Now it's up a lot. Now I don't know what the heck to tell you to do. Uh, 175.44 pre-market high. I got nothing on there on the dailies. If they just want to pound it to the shorts, the next daily highs, 182.24. You can hold out for that. I'm not going to say it's not going to get up there. That'd be one heck of a move. 180 massive resistance up I know, there. Yeah. That's it, a long ways higher here, but it is up $14. Another six. I'd be, I if I was long it, if I was long this, I'd probably be selling into this because honestly, this report wasn't that great. It's just a matter of no. losing good enough. Up 8.9%. Stocks go up 8.9% on okay quarters often start to leak. So um, I'd be inclined to probably take the gainer here. Moving moving uh, the entire tech sector, really. After CRM's earnings, we saw Microsoft gets a lift and then that starts to, you know, go into other stocks. So it's funny how the slippery slope, you know, CRM moves Microsoft, which moves all the cloud stocks, which on the cloud's yep. moving. And now all of a sudden you got a little market rally on your go. So that's how CRM is very influential. The same way Snapchat, the slippery slope again, when it missed, you know, all of a sudden they're like, okay, well, we got to hit Facebook and Google. Oh my gosh, if we're hitting Facebook and Google, we're hitting the S&P. <laughs> now we're hitting everything. It's mm-hmm. the slippery slope that, you know, the algos drive. And in this case, it's to the upside slightly. Uh, but, but haven't, man, has markets been like that lately? You know, uh, that we, you know we got snapped. I mean, f- we got Facebooked one time too. I mean, it, it's really, it, it's really. All interconnected. It, it, yeah. Yeah. And somebody it, was just asking me, you know, how I pick my trades. It's almost all relationships, you know, understanding that when I see Snapchat, you know, um, I would go and, you know, right away I hit when Snapchat missed and uh, or, or announced that it wasn't even like a miss. That was just a random. That was just drop. a guidance. That was a guidance. Yeah. Four weeks and, and I was on the wrong side of that one, too. I was long Snapchat on that. The first thing I do is hit any bit on Snapchat I possibly can. <laughs> but then I turned around and I hit Pinterest and then you start hitting other stocks. You hit the market. You hit what you can. If you can get Facebook, Google, those are all good, too. I mean, I'll trade the relationship, the sympathy off of that move. The algos will too. Don't kid yourself. The algos are all over it too. But there's lots, you know, there on a, something like a Google or something like the S&P itself, you know, there might be a little bit of algo hitting, but it's not as quick to react as you think. You know, there's this there's this belief out there that the algos are so perfect there's no way to to beat them. There's no way to, you know, trade against algorithmic trading. And it's just not the case. There's still a place for, you know, a sophisticated trader that gets educated over the course of time on relationships. So the majority of my trading is based on understanding those relationships. And some of them are very basic. I mean, Delta beats, grab the other airlines. You know, American Airlines. Or raises guidance, yep. Yeah, or raises guidance. You know, in that case, it's not sleeper. Grab Air American Airlines because the algos might be buying Delta right now, but they're, you know, and maybe they're going to eventually move to the sympathy trades, but they're not as quick as you think. So not saying you can, you know, it's always the case. But in some cases, you know, the algos aren't as good as you think they are. What about HPQ here? Because they also reported last night. And this was a better report because they beat on the top line revenue. They beat on the bottom line earnings per share. And they raised their guidance. Granted, it was a raise by a couple cents. Yeah. But a raise is a raise is a raise nonetheless. I mean, this stock is cheap. It's trading like seven or eight times earnings. And but again, it's, it's a PC value maker. trap. Come on. Well, it has been, but Warren Buffett has fallen for the value trap, and it hasn't really been a value trap. I mean, this stock has held up better than any of the other ones. I mean, look at where this was a year ago. This was at like 26 bucks. You try to find a stock, you know, going back a year ago or a year and a half ago, that's actually, you know, still holding green besides oil stocks. There's a lot of stocks in the red. So actually, you could say it's a value trap, but it's actually been a source of value. I mean, over it's doubled since the end of 2020. So, I mean, this has been, you know, a really good performer. And if you're just trading and, and owning value, I mean, this has been a really good stock. I had it once in there in my longer-term portfolio, and then I sold it, and I wish I would have put it back in. HPQ has been a pretty good performer. Uh, boy, if you were cat quick on this one, you would have, you know, when they hit it, on, uh, you had a gap fill. Uh, you had a high of 36.96. Uh, well, I don't know. Oh, this was on the Dell earnings. That's why I wasn't expecting like a horrible report on this one yeah. because of the Dell reporting. Yeah. You're, but you're, that, was, that was a good thought, Joel, and it ended up being the right one. Yep. And yeah. then you filled the gap 
just really nicely. Wow, you went to 36.84. I don't know what it did first. I don't know if it went down first or up first. Uh, but man, this this area right here, and I know I put 40.16, but like when I see one, two, three, four, five, like six highs here, I'm going to move this bar down here. And the only reason I'm keeping an eye on this, this is like 39.72 to 40, is because when it got up there, it failed so many. I mean, it failed miserably here. It failed miserably here, even more miserably. I mean, market conditions had something to do it. So it'd be really impressive if this, you know, got into the 40 handle and held. I know there was a downgrade one time, uh, but it really it lost altitude the last four or five times it's up here. Uh, let's see if it can uh, bust through today on hold 40. Uh, we'll, we'll rip through the rest of these real quick. Uh, Amberella. Sure. Uh, they beat last night their reported EPS of 44 cents versus a 36 cent estimate sales of 90 million. Uh, sales was in line. Uh, the revenue that the guidance that they gave was was a little bit light. So yeah, I'm seeing we're seeing a lot of these. We're like the backward looking numbers were good. The forward looking numbers were eh, okay, not 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 great. You got buy the dipper mentality here on everything that's techie right now. Um, I don't know if it's going to work out in the case of AMBA or not. It, you know, like on Nvidia, on a really widely owned stock, it was more you know, or Costco. In, in the case of last week, you kind of felt like the big names are going, the money managers are going to come back into. Umbrella is not like a huge name that every money manager wants to own. So, yeah. do they come in to buy the dip? Maybe some people will, and they think they have. So it wouldn't surprise me if it turns it around, but it's not as the slam dunk as like an NVIDIA was last week on the buy the dip. Oh, man. I mean, they this is a tough one. Uh, they slammed it down to 73.23. You're not going to see that. I mean, can't guarantee, but that's quite, quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Seven bucks off that. Uh, resistance, man, you're far away. I'd say... For for at least next couple days, you got to look at that low from yesterday, eighty four fifty nine, and man, here you go. Looking at your dailies again, Dennis. This is what I want you to program after the close. Right. When they slam something, find the daily low. The daily low on Thursday was seventy four twenty three. Yeah, they and they hit it to. I mean, you'd have to. The only way you're going to get that is sticking your bid out. And you, but you know what down. happens when your bid sits at seventy four twenty three? It trades to it. <laughs> And then you don't get it. You really? Know, it your I think they would. It's got to trade through you to get it. Welcome to. Well, the low was seventy three twenty three, Dennis. So you would have gotten it. Okay. You just would have been down a buck on it. Yeah. Uh, we're rallying here. Yeah. Uh, we're up twenty handles. We're back up in the forty one fifty handle. CNBC uh, finally quit. picked up on the Delta. They're they're talking breaking news. Delta ups guidance. So did it? Did it move even 40 more? minutes later. Uh no. Now it's selling off. <laughs> Sometimes that what happens, it's funny, you know, the news happens, gets the pop, and then it pulls back in a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like an hour later when CNBC breaks the news, because they're an hour after us, um, then you'll see a CNBC pop off of it. So it's funny, you know, sometimes I've actually seen the case where, you know, it has news, comes back in, you're like, oh, you know, it's going to, you know, then you rebuy it and you sell into the CNBC pop. So uh, anyways, you know, just yeah. give me lots of uh, little tips here this morning for trading around news. Uh, and then someone in the chat said you, you can't, and I'm paraphrasing now because I forget who said it a few minutes ago. They said you can't t treat all tech the same. You, well, the same can be said for any sector, especially retail. You can't treat all retail the same. Look at Capri earnings here, CPRI. They reported this morning, and they just absolutely blew it away. Uh, the bar, I guess, was low. I don't know. Maybe the bar was high. I have no idea. So half these reports are terrible. The other half are unbelievable. Right. So this one was unbelievable. Okay. Earnings per share, a dollar and two cents versus 82 cents estimate. Sales, 1.49 versus $1.41 billion. Guidance, forward looking sales guidance for the year, um, b basically in line uh, for sales and for EPS. Uh, and then they announced a billion-dollar buyback as well. They kind of right. said everything right. And it was actually interesting. The only thing you could probably have problems with is 23 sales were a little bit light on the estimate. But they said the earnings were going to be good. So that's the only thing you could really see bad about it. But it was interesting because it ran up on the algos, the stupid news algos, because they just buy everything. Bought all the way up to $54 on the print. Ugh. And then it came all the way back down, and it went 49 offer. And I'm like looking at this, and I was like, this is a pretty good report. 
I'm like, they're going to take this thing red. I'm like, and they were, and they were trying because it went 49 offer and then they lift the 49 offer and now it's back up again. So, I mean, so in hindsight, capitals 2020, it would have yeah. been a buy that 49 just on the interpretation of it. But don't tell me the news algos are awesome because man, they overpay for, it seems like everything. Top of yesterday's range too. 49.34. So they took it, the little little gap fill there. Nothing at 54 for you. Well, what are these pair of highs here? Um, I'd reset it uh, 53.30. Uh, 53 um, if you, That's still three bucks away. So you got some heavy lifting to do there. I'd give that. Uh, I'd even look at 52.20. But uh, coming back on the downside, uh, the pre-market low, pretty good low. Fits right into yesterday's range. And I guess we might as well just touch on the VSCO, Victoria's Secret, which also had earnings out. Uh, this is last night, and they beat, and they beat on the top and the bottom line. And I know the bar is low because this has been an underperformer yeah. since birth. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, look, it's up a couple of bucks this morning. I don't you know still got else. this one, Joel? You have yeah, I do. I see. I, I this was a, the spinoff from, what was the company? This Victoria's thing? Secret. Yeah. No, it, but well, what was it before? Oh, um, it L Brands. L Brands. Yeah. L Brands spun off into Victoria's Secret. And what else? It's um, BB, yeah, it? BBWI. BBWI. Yeah. What else do I Body Works. Yeah, Joel. Joel, Joel I yelled at you on that L Brands investment forever, and you absolutely were correct on it because, um, you know, this it came back and kept going up and up and up, and I was like, I don't get it. And then they did the splitting the two companies, and you know what? It's actually I know it, they've been dogs yeah. here for the last year, but when you were I've had them, them for they a were long time. they were pretty solid. Yeah, so I think I'll give we, you props, man. You were making some money off those. I think we bought that in like the the lower thirties and it went, this is when it back when it was LB and it went into the twenties and then it came. I don't even know. I, I, I hate when you, you can't sell it because you have to figure out your cost basis. And like, you know, <laughs> There's you a, know, now I'm to pay the tax, but I can't figure out the cost. Basis. I know. I hate that, man. That it, I, I think I'm still trying All to figure out up. my like AT&T lucid, uh, you know, Southwestern <laughs> bell. Never GT, sell Cause then you don't have to figure out your cost GTE. Basis. What else was there? Um, I don't know. There was a couple other things that uh, accumulated into that, but uh, uh, all right. Is that uh, so? That's the, that's yes. the earnings, yeah. But then we had some guidance, uh, some more guidance in addition to Delta Airlines. Uh, this one caught my attention: SPGI, S and P Global, a stock we very seldom discuss on this show because it's a kind of a stodgy financial uh, company. Anyway, they wow. came out this morning and they said they are suspending. Not cutting, suspending their guidance for the year due to, and I'm mm. quoting here, extraordinarily weak market conditions for its ratings business. Um, that is unbelievable. I guess well, I don't no care one is raised... about ratings now. No, 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 Dennis. Not analyst ratings. Bond. Know, no, no bonds. Yeah, <laughs> I know what they. I know what they rate. Okay. This is this is credit. Yeah, it's their mm-hmm. main business here. Yeah, but. Shockingly, I mean, oh, you know, this is triple B, this is triple A. Well, I mean, no one's, Dennis, no one's, I got triple A. No one's raising debt. No one is issuing new bonds. Why would you want to do that uh, in, in, in this kind of a market environment? Bonds have been, it's, it's the worst year for bonds. Since it's a Civil bond War. stock. It, it, it's, this is the worst year yeah, for bonds. It, since it's it's kind of a bond stock. I'm not buying the dip on this one, man. I don't care what this is. Uh, it's down 33 and a half bucks. Smashing. 303. Joel, that's uh, the 2021 low. I went to your levels and I found it. Okay. All right. I, you, you might get it. Uh, you might, <laughs> you might get, get it. If you're striking before, then you're early. 303 is the bounce level. 300 bucks, I think it bounces at. First time down there, I'm calling the 300 bounce. Okay. I, if it gets to it. And uh, uh, Yeah, it's not going to my long-term portfolio either. And uh, immediately, you know, when Spencer uh, mentioned this, I went to Moody's, you know, what's going on with Moody's and Moody's is uh, boom. This is near the low of the move. So you do have some identifiable support. It's actually below the low of the move. That was 276.79. But you're suspending guy. I mean, that that's just. Never uh, maybe thing. yeah never never wait up uh, someone at uh guy ben gurian airport asked me uh while you're at it please explain the blacklist that pops up over the charts um that's my data window on trade station and that's how i you know i pick out these levels is I, and i keep that up more than anybody and i have been on customer service with trade station for 
five years trying to figure out how to just keep it open and keep it in one place. Yeah. And I haven't been able to, they haven't been able to figure it out. So when it pops up here, that's where I get my volume. That's where I get my levels. So I look at a chart for like this MCO. I look like, okay, trade it down. Okay. What's these parallels here? Boom. I look, it gives me the exact numbers. So I hope that answers your question. All right. Last guidance headline, a lot of random guidance today. Totally. Uh, out of the blue, DoorDash uh, just raised their guidance. I think they, they did so in connection of an acquisition they just made, but they said that uh, order frequency and average order values are both higher than expected. Uh, so they just raised their Q2 um, uh, uh, sales guidance. Does so. this have a path to profitability here? Are they showing that they're going to make money eventually? I mean, I like the concept of the business. It's just a matter of the valuation was always absolutely insane. Yeah. I'll so if, if it ever comes down to a reasonable valuation, I would buy this stock. I mean, you think, oh, man, this stock was $257 and 70 bucks now. It must be reasonable now, but I don't know if it is. I think it's still yeah. a matter of still losing money. So it's tough. I mean, it's oversold. It's holding up better than, you know, some of the other ones, you know, in the last couple of well, four days. We've got a nice four-day rally here. So this helps as well, but I'm not chasing DoorDash. Uh, I should have known this one. I should have I should have alerted our investors that I did have some inside information on this. Uh-oh, what'd you have? My, uh, my brother-in-law uh, mentioned <laughs> that my nephew last month, Order from DoorDash 24 times. What? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. My, my buddy DoorDash is everything. My buddy 24 in Chicago. Times in one 24 month? times, yeah. There's yeah, a I lot hope of he's hardcore DoorDash. It's once a day, basically. Yeah, yeah mean, basically. They, oh, my buddy DoorDash is everything. He DoorDashes a meal, and then he DoorDashed ice cream. I was like, how do you DoorDash ice cream? How's that No way, because they have little coolers, right? That's the, impressive. They I'm like, you're door dashing ice cream. How's it not come to you all melted? I'm like, you know, you just have ways. I was like, wow, that's impressive. Yeah, man. Um, man. I'm looking at this chart. First of all, it's not really moving off this. So, I mean, it's up 79 cents, but look at that. Yesterday's high, 81.44, a couple other highs in that area. That's pretty major resistance. So get above, you know, I think you got some room up to there. On the downside, if you could get it in the lower 75s, there's a pair of lows there, 75.33, 75.51. All right, let's bring on today's guest. Let's talk tech. I wonder if he has an opinion on DoorDash. He is the tech stock strategist, a.k.a. Sean Udall, joining us here on Green Market Prep. Mr. Udall, good morning, sir. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand. And even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, Good morning, Benzinga. All right, so I got a little Sean story. You guys, you guys may have, you guys may have heard it before, uh, but um, the guy's been trying to call bottom and a lot of stuff for a long time, and uh, uh, with okay, but uh, I, yeah, yeah, I, no, you called the top two. I know you've been conservative, but um, on this, on this, was it this day here? It was a Friday. Yeah, it was the Friday, and uh, the spoos were down major. They'd made the new low of the move that day, and he sent me a text, and he said, we're going to close green. 
And that was one of the afternoons that I decided to take off and go see that stupid movie and uh, put a little buy stop in and ended up getting taken. And sure enough, the spoos ended up green on the session. And it's one of the best calls. I want to congratulate you. But now my question for you is like that, that low that we hit in the S&P. And I know you're going to talk a lot about a lot of other stocks, but is this like a low of lows that we can lean on? We're going back up to, you know, 43, 44, 4,500. Or it was just, this just a dead cat pounds, dead cat bounce in a, in a bear market. Well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting discussion one because everybody in the world has tried to call too many lows and they started trying to call lows in like january so and i definitely was not guilty of that i Um, I agree i i would say that so 2011 i don't think the third low held we had a w bottom 2008 there's no way the third low held 2018, third low held. 2020 is hard to say because it was so jumbled. But there is a history of the third, and this is not like a third minor. This is like the third major low. So we have put in a third major low. I'd basically say January, then the February, March, and then now is the is the third low. Maybe the best thing to say is that there's nobody in the world, including myself, that probably believes that this low is going to hold and they think it's a uh this is more of a traditional bear market rally and one of the reasons i i still i'm leaning that way my i'd say odds are leaning that way is we just we just keep jumping too much we keep going up too much too quickly off of the low and and that is not typical of what a true low looks like i think people get confused because 18 and 2020 were not traditional market lows at all they were very, they were very unique. Even in history, they're very unique lows. COVID low is the COVID low. There's no other low that looks like it. And the 2018 low was basically a low that probably would have morphed into a really good market low. But the Fed kind of came in and, and, and basically reversed course. It's just that everything about that low was really unusual. Even the start of it and the severity of the correction in 2018 was was unusual. So anyway, the bottom line, long-winded answer is, I probably believe that this low has a better chance of holding more than about 99% of the people that come on CNBC. But I, I'm going to say it's probably a coin toss. The action, the action doesn't feel like it because again, we, I mean, we're within what four days we were again 1,100 Nasdaqs off the low. That that just engenders algo raids and stuff like that afterwards. So um, I, I, the, the, the individual stock action though, which I've been, you know, Joel, you and I on Fridays have been talking about has actually been a little more telling because the individual stock action has been far more severe than the indices. Yeah. So I don't know how much you want to talk about market loads. I, it's a parlor game. Anybody can guess it. I will say this, I've been trading for two weeks and, and trading long and trading has been very good. I think we have a window and I, and I think, I think this is one of those windows. I think we can aggressively trade. And then I will say if we, if we do make a, a lower low from the may low, I would say you have a real good chance of, of whatever that low becomes that, that probably is the low that holds. And, and what do you want to see now? Like multi-year what, durable. I mean, I know what was that um, people ask, well, first question is, I do you look lows on the weeklies or, or the dailies or the monthlies? I mean, I think they all kind of lean into each other, but what, what do you look? Do you look for uh, the weeklies? I know you have some of your proprietary indicators that you look at. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, what's your sen- go-to chart? Sentiment usually works better. Sentiment has not worked. Sentiment gave a lot of false lows early in this. I mean, honestly, when things get really ugly, you got to get the S&P down. And I don't want to be like master of the obvious, but I, I think you'd all agree, Dennis would agree. We So when we had these prior lows that didn't hold, the S&P was only down like 13%. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that 50% of the NASDAQ is down 50% or more. If the S&P is only down 13%, you're probably going lower. And so I kept saying, I'd feel a lot better if we were down 20% or more. I feel, I mean, I must've said that 60 times. Well, we did finally get to Tested. minus 21 intraday. And so far that has held. And, and that was the indice that kind of uh, the index that basically hadn't, it hadn't done the work. 
you know, the NASDAQ was down 32 to 35. Geez, the IWO was probably down 40%. I, I think we got to about 65% of all NASDAQ stocks were probably down 55% or more. So anyway, everything was there, but the S&P was down like 13.2 or 14.1. And then we finally got that last low that took the S&P down minus 20%. And it's interesting, stocks have acted a lot better since. Uh, Sean, there was a question in the chat. Do you prefer weekly lows or daily lows? Uh, I think it's the same because I think you're going to put your chart on multiple time frames. So uh, I, I, I would just say you, you, you need a chart structure and a pattern. Again, the reason I mentioned the third lows is because everybody kept trying to call a low the first low or the second low or there wasn't really yeah. a firm third. I mean, you look at a chart now, look at a daily, you can even see it on a weekly. There's three distinct lows compared 2018 to now. Again, this I think this is going to be more like 2016. That was a W bottom. 2011 was a W bottom. Do you think we get a retest? Yeah, that that's my guess, but I don't know. Like, well, like I, I don't think you want to spend too much time making your trading career on trying to see if a low's in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just... Like, like, I think you're better. Like, hey, okay, you could look at Dash. Uh, you know what I would say? I don't know about Dash, but I would look at Uber. That Uber chart looks pretty good. If you're if you're looking at, I'm not I'm not in Uber, but I look at that Uber chart. That I mean, that's looks ten times worse than the indices do. But you do have a pretty decent little structure now. You basically, I think what's going to happen to Uber, you're going to have an inverse head and shoulders pattern. So the left shoulder was the March low, basically. Right. The recent yeah. lows probably hold. It went to a lower low uh, after the March low or the May low. So now it's kind of grinding higher. So th this one, this is one where the NASDAQ, you know, has already moved up a thousand points or whatever off lows. What's this thing up? Two points off lows. So that's what you want to see. You want to see stocks that are are up a little but they're not surging so that that's the other issue too is like nvidia's hugely off of their low already yeah. uh yeah crm is going to be a, a big move today if it holds that that to me that's the biggest issue is you get these the, shopify there was one day shopify was up 88 bucks off off the low i don't know that's I, again i i want to see that stuff kind of moderate and like have a like if Shopify starts grinding higher, I could probably get pretty bullish on it. If Shopify keeps having these days where they randomly go up eighty eight points off of a low, it's just too much. I, too I don't fast. want. I don't want anything to do with it. You don't want to see it too much too fast. No, because then that's catching people and FOMO comes in and. Well, you're right. What what well here's exactly what happens. People say, "Oh, I, I I'm going to miss out FOMO." They chase it. They chase like the third or the fourth or the fifth day high. And then they get they get stop run. I mean, they, the algos just come in and mow them down. And so, uh, you know, two things either need to change. Either you need buyers who are not selling a share. So you, you change the shareholder base, right? The old expression. So if every buyer of Shopify at 335 is not a seller of it at all, well, then guess what? It's going to hold a lot better. But if every buyer of Shopify is going to exit, if they're down eight bucks, then you're going to keep having the, these lows are going to keep re getting retested, at least in my in my opinion. So, Sean, give us a couple more picks. I mean, you're kind of wishy-washy on Uber, but you kind of like it. Shopify, you'd like it if it didn't blast off. But give us a couple of things that you are nibbling on, if you are nibbling on anything right now. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, MQ's been very good off of lows. They the, the, Now, their low looks real firm. Uh, they supported that low with an earnings release, which was very good. The market tried to test it, really tested the resolve of the longs. And the longs basically said, nope, not selling. And the stocks acted good. I think a firm, I think a firm's 100% off of lows. In fact, I think the last time I was on Benzinga Pre with all you guys, I, I think I said I liked a firm. It, it may have been around 25 at the time. It, it may not have been, I, although it could have been a lot lower. I can't remember the date that, that yeah. I was on. But, you know, the, the, the two last lows we had, a firm looks like a leader. It basically went 100% off of both lows. Again, I don't, I don't necessarily love that's moving that much. But the fact that it's, it's, it's gone, I mean, the last low, the May low or the March low, 
it went up about 100% plus and it held it for like three or four weeks. I mean, basically, it didn't relent until the whole indices re went to lower lows and then a firm went to lower lows. So I, I think I think th that's some indication. So some things like that you want to look at. I like cybersecurity right now. We, we have two reports, I believe, coming tonight. Is Sentinel-1 tonight? You guys can yeah, double Sen check. Sentinel-1. Is Okta tonight? Oh, no, Sentinel-1 was last night. Uh, no, I, oh, if it was. I thought Sentinel-1 was tonight. Um, uh, oh, wait. No, I think you're actually. No, my mistake. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, we have C3AI tonight. Okay, um, that's not cybersecurity. That could be, again, what I, my best trades the last two weeks have been coming off of raids. So, what, oh, like MQ was raided. It wasn't maybe down much the next day, but it wasn't up at all. I want to say I was buying that at 625 or something. And it was just shocking it wasn't up because, man, did they deliver. And then, you know, within a couple hours, it was probably 758 and climbing. And it's kind of been grinding ever since. But but Sentinel One, I think, would be very interesting. I, I you know, I think they'll have the typical. They probably beat by a little bit. They probably guide higher by a little bit. They probably raise full year guide by a little bit. You might have some people go, oh, the growth was sort of disappointing. That's what I want. So we'll see if there's a raid to, to trade. I would like that. Uh, Okta would be nice to see a post EPS raid. Either that or Okta it, hasn't it, bounced at all. This no, is no, this did, has, did it reports Thursday themselves. They might have had a security issue themselves. They like like uh like they they themselves were hacked or something. And sometimes those things, security firm. yeah, sometimes those things can kind of linger linger on a stock for a while. Here's the thing about Okta though: should it have bounced really much? This was a very, I mean, by the way, this was a top twenty stock of mine years ago when it was twenty six bucks. Uh, years ago, I mean, that might have been as early like 2018, by the way, it might have been not, not that long ago. I think it was probably an IPO in 16 or 17. Anyway, you know, Okta probably shouldn't have bounced yet. It, that stock was up so much. I mean, I arguably I'd say Okta was probably a bubble. Uh, it wasn't as bubbly as other stocks, but it was it was at its own, you know, probably the whole cybersecurity space was a bubble. So is there is this a point though now? Cybersecurity, I think you're right. I think the cybersecurity stocks were all a bubble, but and and they yep. held up, it felt like forever, and now they've gave way too. Is there a point in time now where we should just maybe jump into hack and just buy them all? I was just gonna say, you don't you don't have to buy each of these names on its own. There's hack. That's what I'm saying. CIBR, baby, let's go. Well, I was there. There's a couple. I don't know the ETFs. I know Hack pretty well. Um, I, in fact, so 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 one of the things I've been talking about too is here's my my general view. I, I think now is the time you 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 want to load some software. Loading is a you know I, I'm being pretty aggressive on it. Loading for some people might be a little bit, but I think the key is you either got to do a field bet or you got to do an ETF. So you got to say, hey, maybe I should do hack and maybe I should do cloud, C-L-O-U. So, so cloud will give me uh, a few cloud stocks and hack will give me some cyber stocks and I'm covered. Or somebody like me, I might hit three or four or five names from each group and kind of do two field bets. And that's kind of exactly what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, but I'm being a little more proactive. I'm, tra I'm, I'm trading as actively as I've traded, well, since about six or seven or eight months ago. Because I basically did trade for about six months because uh, there really wasn't much to trade. I should have been shorting more, but that can't do anything about what I didn't do. It's hard um, on the short side, too. I mean, because swing as a swing trades. I mean, I do Dennis, a lot of you know, I know a lot of people but... who, who were shorting the whole way down. And you know what? They didn't really make any money Yeah, Be because they, they'd short and then they'd get scared. They're, again, they squeezes they're happen. Exactly. There'd be a big burst and they and they, they basically take a short term stop. Right. So. The, the people that made money shorting, you basically had a short like at the end of last year and you yeah. had to hold the short. If you, if you held the short for three to six months, you crushed it. And, and I did have some shorts. I just didn't have as many shorts as I should have had. But yeah, I think, I think ETFs and software, so something like CLOU, I like your hack. I think the hack portfolio is pretty good. Uh, Spencer, did you say cyber? Is that C-I-B-R? Yep, C-I-B-R. I, I don't know what their top 10 holdings are, but let's say if, if it's Crowd, Okta, Sentinel-1. Here's the one name I don't like. I would not buy Palo Alto Networks. I just think that's the, like, 
that is a stock that still is one of these wishy like if that stock was a lot lower and had put in a better low i think i'd feel better about being making a firm we've hit the bottom type call there's just too, there's still too many people chasing favorite names and they stuff are like that all right uh sean udall is uh the tech stock strategist you should follow him on twitter i'm putting his twitter handle up on the screen right now there it is twitter.com slash udall tech strat sean always appreciate your insights and for the record Palo love Alto, it guys palo alto is the second largest waiting in cibr so there you go i guess an interesting well can't win sometimes you got to take one if you like the whole portfolio you, you're never going to get a, an etf that's perfect that's perfect for you you kind of got it but if the group moves and by the way i got to close with this the story about dash before i was coming on it was lucky I was not drinking coffee at the time because I would have spilled it all. I mean, <laughs> that was fun. 24 times. That is basically every day. I mean, it's not, not, not helping. Oh, man, I hope he's not listening. There's some they raised guidance. That, that, if you had like 40 dudes like that, that could be enough to, to turn the tide for, yeah. you know, I'm saying 40, <laughs> 40 dudes like that per city, per city. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, you know what? I've never used Dash. Yeah. Not one. Yeah. I don't want him touching my French fries. I, you know, on that. <laughs> oh, he uh, thinks they're going to eat right. five of his fries. Yeah. But, uh, hey, guys. For you, for you guys are like Sean, he joins me every Friday on pre-market prep plus, and, uh, we battle it out, co cover the stocks of both the long side and the short side. So Sean, okay, uh, appreciate your input. Uh, we'll check in with you later hey, on. Thanks for having me as always. All right. Okay. Thanks, uh, let's close out with some ticker time here. Somebody was asking about AMC a while back, and this one was this had a very interesting day yesterday. Uh, opened nearly at $17 and then proceeded to give back all the gains. This was the, the biggest mover of Tuesday's pre market session, gave back all those gains in the first half hour of the trading day, um, and then settled in a little bit. But uh, I classic sell on news yeah. trade. It was a classic sell on news trade. Um, I think that I would, you know, at $16.13, which was the high we know it was like 17 pre market or more. Um, I think you're selling rallies into AMC. I mean, it hit my $10 price target. Remember, it was 51 yeah. And I said, I think it's eventually going to be 10 bucks. This was last year. And I had like a bazillion apes that wanted to kill me when I said that. It hit. It hit back down to 10 bucks. It actually bounced off 10 bucks. Um, I'm not not going long. I mean, the valuation still doesn't make any sense even at these prices. But the GameStop AMC still, the GameStop still is resilient and continues to hold up, and it keeps getting these squeezes. It does its own thing. So, I mean, the stock can do its own thing too. Can have more squeezes, sure. Uh, but not good news that you know it comes out that big and then they sell the news right away. So, makes me think that the path of least resistance is lower. No comment. No comment. Okay. You can't. You can't comment negatively on AMC because they all hate you for it. Yeah, uh, that is true. Hey, rolls. Right. What other tickers do we have? I'm looking for tickers that we don't normally talk about uh, on on this show. Um, oh, you know what? I just before we do the tickers, just a couple yeah. things that Sean uh, mentioned. Uh, I own this MQ higher. Like to see a bust above eleven twenty. I mean, that's like a that's like a solid top there. So that's gonna keep a lid on the rally. And then um, Sentinel One. I mean, coming into the report, you got a great number there at twenty seven and a quarter. So I just wanted to uh, just uh, comment on those. Uh, so where do you want to go? Uh, uh, well, we should we should mention Amazon if only because uh, it's uh, got we miss it. It's got miss a split on Friday. So keep an eye keep an eye on that today. Doesn't doesn't mean the move over, but it had a great day yesterday. So I just wow. want to mention that. Um, here's one. Have we looked? When's the last time we looked at Visa? Have we looked at Visa recently? Been Let's sell it. Uh, Let's come back nicely from the yeah. lows. Mastercard. I still own the piece. This is, you know, again, they trade in waves on you here, and you just waved up big time on Visa and Mastercard. I think it's a good selling opportunity. So I think again. You know, not that Visa and MasterCard are bad companies. They're fantastic companies, but the valuations aren't cheap. And we're still in this overall bear market. In bear markets, you want to be selling the waves up. And this is another wave up. So I'm a net seller of stocks right now in the recent wave up. 215. Yeah, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Up a buck 51 and not much volume. But prove to me you can take out 215. Uh, all right. John Fernandez, have you seen Pilgrim's Pride, PPC? Well, not recently. 
Uh, more but, chicken. Uh, wow, that's, chicken. That's, that's what's happening. People are eating more chicken, apparently. Don't call me chicken. Wow. That's unbelievable. Uh, it's all-time high. Is that all-time high? No. No, you got the 38 oh, bucks the, the No, the all-time all high is $41 from uh, wow. right, right before the Great Recession. Uh, I don't know. You can't argue with the trend. Trends, your friend. Take your Jeff back. You purple crayon. Hi, Jeff. And draw it all. You know, so now you're like stopping yourself out of 30 or 31. So gets above 34 and then it's breaking out here again. So trend is your friend. Uh, matching range days, uh, pretty much not an inside day, but uh, just a little bit of an outside day. So, see if you can bust through those pair of highs at 3380 80 area. And uh, if you take out the pair of lows at 3285, you got a little bit of a uh, little bit of downside. Did you see they're opening uh, a Chick fil A at uh, 12? Oh, and, uh, I did see that actually. Now, you sure you want to move, Spencer? There's gonna be a Chick fil A, there'll be one right around, right down the street from me. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it, it won't be open for a few months. Happy and what's the other chicken stock? Tyson's been on a run too, right? Yeah, Tyson. Have. Yeah, they both have. Ah, uh, but it's oh, come off. It doesn't yeah. look as healthy. Yep. yep. The uh, other chicken stock is Beyond Meat, and it definitely doesn't look as healthy. That's not a chicken. Twenty-six bucks now, Beyond Meat. Wow. I guess it washed out to that twenty-dollar low. Holy. I, I, I would just say watch out because it's still the stock is still very highly shorted. In the long run, though, and I'm going to say it here again, if you're buying a stock in your long-term portfolio for a short squeeze, you are in weak stocks overall. Because yeah. most of these stocks have a high short interest for a reason, is that the companies are struggling and the stocks are overvalued. And usually in the long run, the shorts win. So we heard about short squeezes and beyond meat at 100 and 120, and they happen. But in the long run, the shorts won. So... Don't stick around too long in those short squeeze stocks because eventually they get you. The shorts usually win in the long run. Sorry to we, say that. We had them the other night, and I just like – They're pretty good, I Joel. I just piled on – you know what I did? I piled on the Thousand Island. I piled on <laughs> low-fat Thousand Island, lettuce, tomato, Joel, pickles. You don't need it. It's pretty – I actually think the Beyond Meat Burger is excellent as a – veggie Don't burger. eat the dog. It's like man. a really crappy hamburger, which is impressive when it's made out of vegetables. So, yeah. I mean, I actually like the Beyond Meat burgers, but I go to the grocery store. They're so expensive. They're very they're, they're seven dollars in Canada for yeah. two of them. It's seven dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, I'm nobody, like, they're four bucks that. a patty in Canada. I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying that. So, I would eat them more if they were half the price. They got to figure out how to make them cheaper. That's it. All right. And the valuation oh. never made any sense. I mean, at, at the peak, I think it was worth more than Tyson Foods, which is just completely stupid. Aren't so, Beyond Meat valuation matters in the long run. You gotta look at valuation. Don't just go on a hot story and don't stick around too long because eventually the story goes cold and eventually valuation matters and this is what you get. Uh, lineage Impossible meat's not public yet. Uh, but maybe- hey, all right, guys, I got it. Didn't realize it's the time. I got it. Okay, it's nine o'clock. That's a wrap for our show as well. Uh, so thanks to our guest Sean Udall. Thanks to all of you in the chat. Thanks to Joel. Thanks to Dennis. We're gonna end this show. Send you over to live trading with Money Mitch. As you need Ryan, Money Mitch is gonna be live from like a Panera Bread or something like that because he just moved to North Carolina, but does not have internet yet in his house. He's live so, from Panera Bread. So Man, he, if that was still a stock. Or, or maybe he's at Starbucks. I don't know where he's at. He's we're, yeah. he's somewhere. He's somewhere that's public. He's on public Wi-Fi. He's like, you know, commandeered a booth or something. So uh, we'll Money see. Him. It, should, it should be fun to, to, to watch him uh, trade from a uh, from a Panera slash Starbucks slash whatever they've got out there in uh, North Carolina. Um, that is our show for the day. I would very much appreciate it if you all would hit that like button. And, hey, have you seen this page, Benzinga.com slash pre-market? Someone in the chat asked earlier um, if there's a way to have um, the show open without having YouTube open. Uh, yeah, the show airs on Twitter, Benzinga's Twitter account. The show airs on Benzinga's Twitch account. But the show also airs on this page, Benzinga.com slash pre-market. The YouTube is embedded on that page. If you go there, you can see our show, see today's biggest movers, earnings, ratings, gainers, losers, the whole thing. So check it out. It's a redesigned page, uh, and I'm a big fan. I've made that part of my morning routine. Um, any feedback for us, questions, comments, concerns, Shoot us an email, shows at benzinga.com. And hey, if you want to email me personally, 
for the next couple of days, you you can do so. Uh, th- this is my email up on the screen. This is my Benzinga email. I will lose access to this on Saturday. So if you want to email me now, it's right there on the screen. That that thing right there. That 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 guy. Yep. Okay. So we're done. That's a wrap. Live trading is next. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. I'll be back on Benzinga Live in a little bit. Everyone have a great rest of your day and good luck at the open. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.